right, let me welcome let me welcome you back to your seats. We love connection. We love Jesus and we love connection. Love talking, love being together. I want to let you know a couple things before I preach to you real quickly. Students, middle school, high school today are going to be here. I think they're doing an extended worship, but that's 5 o'clock, so middle school, high school will be here. Today and tomorrow, Operation Christmas Child, you'll see people with the Christmas boxes. That ends today, tomorrow, this weekend. We'll take those tomorrow afternoon, so thank you for giving. If you haven't filled one, there's certainly time. And Eric Brown, will you raise a hand, buddy? Eric is right here off to my left. He can help you with that for sure. And you can still get that in. Those gifts give the gospel. They give love. They actually give connection to people far and abroad. Thanksgiving week. Blessings on that. Hope, uh, hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Next Sunday, uh, the, the, the gal with all the moves will be preaching for you next Sunday. So Kelsey is going to partner with me on a five-week series we're calling it Live in Love, so I'm going to kick it off this morning. She's going to do week two, and then I'm going to round out the rest of the month of living in love as we finish our reading of the New Testament. So I hope you can be here uh, for that. And then December 4th, uh, two, two cool things happening on December 4th. This mural is what we sign for baptisms. So if you're wanting to get baptized, and it is one of the best Sundays ever at Christ's Way. It embodies everything we love and celebrate uh, there's a couple folks already going to sign up on the Church Center app. That's where you do that, and then that lets us know that you're interested, and we can connect with you, talk with you, and then you can get your name on one of these murals. And now you'll probably notice, you'll see them all over. We do them year at a time, all the folks that got baptized during that particular year. So that's happening in two Sundays, December 4th. First Sunday of December, we'll be doing a baptism Sunday. And also that afternoon, the students, middle school and high school, are doing a, a night where they focus, it's called Random Acts of Kindness, but the act of kindness that they will be giving us is for those with littles, they're going to give you a date night. So if you'll connect on that part, your sweeties can be here, they will lock them in a room, no, no, okay, so your sweeties will be here, and they're going to, our, our teenagers, Deli and Kelly and some other folks and our teenagers, are going to help and watch your kids and have a fun time for them. And from 5 to 7, you have a couple hours to go on a date. So that's two weeks away as well. So new life through baptism, new life through date night. There you go. So that's Sunday, December 4th. Hopefully you can be here uh, for both of those. And then just really looking ahead for Christmas. Christmas is on a, a Sunday. We're going to have a Christmas Eve gathering here. So we're going to give you Christmas Eve Sunday to be with your family. Christmas Eve, we're going to ask you if you'd like and you're able to, to join us. We're going to have a 6 o'clock service here, but then we're going to have a 5 o'clock gathering in Romine Hall with hot chocolate and coffee and Christmas goodies and things like that. So we'll have about an hour, 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve, if you're around and welcome, you're welcome to join us. And then that evening, we'll do some scripture and some singing and some carols, and we always do a candlelight uh, singing together. So it's really, really, really a beautiful Night, so you can be thinking about that for, for Christmas Eve. So today, no necessarily by looking at me, but my pointer finger and my pinky finger cannot touch. I bite my lip. I stand up on my leg. Like, I can't do it. Now, maybe if you have a, maybe a, a, a thinner palm, a, not quite as wide. My palm is kind of wide. Maybe you have longer fingers, and you're just knocking it out of the park. But I... <laughs> 
And I try every once in a while. You gotta be pretty bored to figure that out in your life. You're like, how did he figure that out the first time? So I, I cannot touch my pointer finger and my pinky. I just, I, I can't do it. But do you know what I can do? My thumb touches everything. My thumb touches everything. Over the next five weeks, I wanna to talk to you about the one thing that touches everything. A lot of times people come to my office for counseling or for relationship stuff or behavior change or marriage or something like that, and they come in with all these issues. They come in with like the laundry list, and this is going, and this is going, and this is going, and I'm bleeding here, and I'm hurting here, and I'm bleeding there. Like all these things, the list. And then they often get frustrated when I choose something else to address. They're like, yeah, yeah, but I had all this list. What what is this going to do for all of that? I'm like, well, if you'll address that wound, it might touch all those other things. If you'll address that perception, that might change everything else. We're not trying to pick the fruit off the tree. We're trying to go for the issue, the deeper thing that changes it all. I have a child, and that child will remain nameless during this story. But whenever he is in a room, (laughs) occasionally I can tell what he's done by being in that room. He would say, hey, Dad, what have you done today? I would tell him. I'd say, son, I don't have to ask you because I can see everything that you've done today. I can see every place you've been. That was years ago. He's matured now. What I told him during those years, I said, son, I'm just going to give you one thing, and it's going to change your world. When we look out to the garage at 11.30 at night and that light is on in the garage, when a door is unlocked, when things are left behind, I have told him, I said, here's the deal, pal, just one thing. This one thing will change it all. If you, before you leave the room, you will just glance over your shoulder and look around. Look around, is there a light on? Did I leave something open? Is something on the floor? Like, how does it look? How am I leaving things? That one thing change it all. Love is that one thing. Love. All the commandments. Hundreds of commandments in the Old Testament to keep. Most of us know the popular ten, or do we actually know them? Anybody want to take a quiz, and if you get ten, you get lunch, and if you don't, you don't get lunch? Anybody up for that, right? Like, oh, i got to remember all ten. If you had to remember all ten commandments, we'd be struggling. I'm sure we'd get five. We might get seven. Maybe you can knock out ten. But the 600 or so in the Old Testament and all those kinds of things and all that business, man, oh, man, that's hard. Hard to remember. Or you just remember love. Jesus actually said it. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We'd like to memorize all your commandments. Well, you can, but actually, if you just love me, you'll keep all my commandments because you love me. In another place, they talked about all the law and what you get to heaven and keeping the commandments and all those kinds of things. And Jesus said, all the law, all the prophets, ready for this? All of this, this is intimidating. 
I remember being a brand new church planter, 1996. I was in Newport, Rhode Island, a church planter. It was Melinda and I in the junk in our car. And I was standing, and all of a sudden, every moment the Bible got bigger. I was like, oh my God, I don't know all of this. How am I supposed to know all these things? I can help you with this. Jesus helped us with it. He said, love God, love your neighbor. He said, all the law, all the prophets, what about adultery and murder and stealing and envy? And Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you love me, you're not going to kill me. I'm pretty sure if you love me, you're not going to lie about me. I'm pretty sure if you love me, you're not going to steal something from me because you love me. Love is that one thing. Love God. Okay, I get it. Love my neighbor. Oh, no, 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 no. Who's my neighbor? More stuff to know. You know, Jesus addressed that, right? There's a parable. It's a parable. We call it the parable of the Good Samaritan. It was a Samaritan who was an outcast, socially outcast. So that's in the story. There was a religious man, a priest and a Levite, both religious men, that saw someone broken and hurt. And because they were so involved in ministry, apparently, as a pastor, I get that. You're like, man, I'm so busy doing ministry, I can't help you right now. i got to be busy doing ministry. Jesus set the story up, right? So this guy that's the outcast comes over and helps this man, takes him, cares for his wounds, puts him on the horse, takes him to the hotel, pays for a week, says, if there's anything else, I'll come back and get it. Like, went on the hook for this guy. In the conversation with Jesus and this religious leader, the religious leader says, who's my neighbor? So I love God, got it. Love neighbor, got it. Real easy. Two things, much more easy to remember than 20 or 40 or 600. Two things. But this guy, a religious leader, teacher of the law, says, but who's my neighbor? And Jesus tells this story. And He doesn't put the emphasis on the neighbor. He puts the emphasis on us. He says this. He says, the one to whom you show love and mercy. The one you pick. The one I pick. Who is your neighbor? It's the one you pick. You choose. I choose. I get to pick who it is. I choose my neighbor. The one to whom you show mercy, that is your neighbor. The one you show love to. So you don't even have to figure that out. You get to just give it to everybody. You get to pick everybody. You get to show love to God and everyone. The Samaritan defined that. And in truth, he overrode the social definitions of even what was able to be done. Are you ready to do that? You're you're fine with loving someone that loves you. Jesus acknowledged that too. He said, big deal. That's some translation. I'm not sure which one. It's like, big deal. You love people that love you. So what is that? Does that show the work of Christ in my life? Does that show the freedom that I've experienced when I only love people that love me? This homogenous thing of religion that we do? No, no, no. Step out of those spaces. Worship with dirty hands. Be in places that you're not supposed to be because you're actually supposed to be there. Somebody said you're not supposed to be there, except you're supposed to be. Now, you're going to get crucified just like Jesus did, but you'll be like Jesus. You'll be like Jesus. 
You'll get crucified because he did. Like, hey, man, you're screwing this up going to those places. You had who over for a party? A prostitute? A tax collector? What? We're going we're to put some space between us and you. No. You love him. You love them. You love them. You love him. I have faith, we say. I have faith. Just ask me. I do have faith. I have faith. And then somebody named James is going to say, well, I know what you're saying, but show me your faith by your works. You don't have any works. You don't have any faith. We're going to see something. I didn't say you get saved by works. I said that when you have faith, well, I didn't say it first. James actually said it first. When you have faith, you will see it in how we behave. You'll see it manifest. It can't help but manifest. So I can tell you all the faith I got all day long. But if I'm not loving and serving, and love does and doing and being and in, there might be a question to that. In the 12 steps, you get down to step 12, and it starts with having had a spiritual experience. And so I polled some people this week. We had a classroom, 20, 25 people. I said, how many are in step one? Step two, step three, four, five, six. We put the numbers up on the board. And step 12, how many are there? And anybody that's ever in step 12, I ask them this question every time. Are you in step 12? Tell me about your spiritual experience. And they say, well, I didn't have a spiritual experience. Well, <laughs> then you're not in step 12. Because step 12 is defined. It starts with having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps. So if there aren't works of love in my life, we just need to pause and ask ourselves a question. I know my heart. My heart is clean. Ask me. Go ahead. Is my heart clean? Go ahead. Ask. My heart is clean. I'm the preacher, for goodness sakes. I'm wearing a jacket to church. I, hello. Like, my heart is clean. But we don't know our heart. It's deceitful. The way we do know our heart is what comes out of our mouth. I love you. Just don't listen to what I say. I love God. Just don't listen to what I say about them. You see, love is the one thing. Love is the thing. Love is the thing that touches everything else. I love you, Lord. I love you, God. I'm sure I say that every day of my life. But if I'm not loving everybody else, he says, I appreciate your words, but they don't follow your heart. There's a disconnect. Because out of my heart, I speak slander. I speak division. I do not speak life. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. The scripture tells us, you choose. We choose. Love of God by loving others. The question that I have come to ask myself is one that I heard from Andy Stanley years ago. He said, this is the guide. This is the thumb. This is the day. This is the thing that touches everything else. What does love require of me? What does love require of me in this moment? One single lens, one single change, not all the doctrines, not all the tenets of faith, not all the statements, not all the order, not the lists, but in everything as I walk through salvation and freedom and redemption, in this moment, what does love require of me? 
And very frankly, let me just share a story that might not surprise you because it might be true close to home. One, two, three, four rows back on the end, woman in black shirt. That woman in black shirt has told me more than one or two or ten times, you have all the grace in the world for everybody else, and you have zero grace for us. That's what I'm talking about. Ministry all day long. Call me at two in the morning, I'm there. But I don't have any grace for those three. That's not okay. Not okay. So I have to pause in the moments. It's not pausing and asking God, what do I do while I'm suited up to serve you today as a pastor? It's what does love require of me for those three? What does love require of me to love in that way? What is Jesus calling? How does that change everything, everything, everything? When I walk in moment after moment and place after place, when I only respond through love, how would that change every conversation, every interaction at work, every single engagement with my neighbor? If every single thing, the thumb, because it will change it all. It will change everything. I'm not talking about just good filters where I really want to cuss you, but I just heard a good sermon on Sunday, and now i got to love you. I'm talking about paying attention to what comes out so Christ will be formed in me and what comes out. Have you ever had something come out of your mouth and it surprised you? But, Were you thinking of something negative or something positive? Because I have had positive things come out of me in situations, and I like do a little Pentecostal thing. I'm like, yes, it came out of me. There's something in there that God is working. The love of God came out of me, and I didn't filter it. I didn't do anything with it. Yes, yay, yay, he's flowing through me. That's what I desire. I'm going to ask for our red shirts to come back up. Come on up. Come back up. Stand over wherever you were. Come on. You realize that every person you've ever met, think about it, every person you've ever met, every person you've ever met is a person for whom Christ died. Every person you've ever met. Now, Jeremy and I get along swimmingly. So I don't know that I need a whole lot of love of God with Jeremy because we just get along fine. Let's not look at that category. (laughs) Let's not look at that column. What about that other column? For some, it's the down and out or broken addict that you're not comfy with. For some, it's the self-righteous Christian that you're not comfy with. For some, it's the Democrat. For some of you here, it's the president. Every person you've ever met is a person for whom Christ died. Every single person you have ever met is a person for whom Christ died. 
And I want that love that he has to influence the love that I have and the grace that flows from that love. I can sit with someone and they say, how do you think that was what I just did? I'm like, that seemed pretty stupid to me. That was kind of dumb. That wasn't your best moment, if you're asking. I'm not talking about condoning every single thing and agreeing with everything. I'm talking about loving. I'm talking about loving because it's the love in spite of. The love in spite of. Not because I agree with. It's the love in spite of. There is no power in love that is agree with. It's the power of the love in spite of. Now I'm going to read my text, which I plan to do at the end of the message, so don't be scared. It's at the end. 1 John 4, 17. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like Jesus. I'm reading to you again. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like Jesus. I read the book of 1 John, five chapters this week. I just sat down. It's not a big deal, right? I mean, it's, they're not long. I read the entire book. No, it's, it's not long. It's like a 15-minute deal, right? I sat down and read the whole thing. One verse struck me out of all five chapters, and it was that one. Living like Jesus. Living like Jesus. What does it mean to live like Jesus? It means love touches everything. It means love touches everything. So I ended with my text, and now I'm going to end with another text. (laughs) This is what I sent this team of people this morning, men and women that stand in front of you. I tried to count it up how many times y'all prayed for people this week. At least 35 times a piece, y'all have prayed for people over the last two days. You got some more in you? You got one more little shot? You got one shot in you? A little more. I said, message this morning is on the priority of loving others. I sent this to these folks this morning. John tells us that if we say we love God, it will be proven because we love others. Many churches have the tagline, love God, love people. Maybe it should be switched. This morning, we will call everyone to the priority of loving others. It will be the first of a five-part series to end the year. And this is what I've talked to them about so they can pray this for you. And when you come up in just a few minutes, this will be our prayer. We will bless them with love. Expand their capacity to love. Speak the names of difficult people to love, maybe even themselves. But it's going to be a moment of prayer and blessing. A moment of, hey, I struggle with loving some people. I think it's fair enough to say most of us do, which is why we're called to it. So maybe you bring some names, and maybe yours is the name. I've been disgusted with myself. That's called shame. I've been so disgusted with myself, I'm like, I don't even love me. Okay, if that's you, come on. Be blessed to have a capacity to love. Let the Lord do a miraculous thing so that you leave here not just with a better filter, but that Christ is forming in us, loving us. 
So they're going to play this song. We're going to do two songs. We're going to close out today with two songs. If you need to go, it's 1130. Thank you for being here. Certainly welcome to go. If you'd like to stay, I invite you to find somebody and pray with them. Pray about what? Pray about loving. Pray about loving better. Pray about loving my family better. There's no acknowledging. I want to break down the wall of shame. Acknowledge. I don't do so good at that. Sometimes I get in my own way. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. I want to invite you, give you the courage. May you have the courage to come forward and start this. You can pray now. I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Mount empty praise and treasures of fame. And then